Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome into an emergency episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolged with you. And uh, Judd, you predicted after Sunday's game that Sam Bradford's knee issue was not going away based on Mike Zimmer's reaction. And Courtney Cronin and I talked about it the other day and we felt the same. And now we have confirmation. It's official. Sam Bradford is out against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And there's a report that he's getting a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews. So, you are right. He, uh, this issue is not going to disappear with Sam Bradford's knee. Yeah, and now what's our, what's our working theory? Because I saw Doogie's tweet that Bradford actually was, was taken to a private jet today and flown to Florida to meet with uh, James Andrews. And, of course, ordinarily when you go meet with good old Dr. Andrews, that means you're, uh, you're very close to uh, having surgery. So, Collar... I think the logical guess here, or it's not even a guess. I think the logical play here is of all the information and misinformation that we've seen, uh, that the original Chris Mortensen report is right, correct? That it's some type of cartilage problem. It's a lo- It's probably a longstanding problem from his bad knee. And I'm not going to be surprised one bit if we find out that on Saturday or Sunday he had a scope done and he's out for six to eight weeks. When uh, Mike Zimmer said at the podium, I don't know if he's going to be out one week or six weeks, uh, the specificness of six weeks certainly caught your ear and mine too and made me think, man, does that mean he's actually going to be out six weeks? And if he's got to have some sort of surgery on this from James Andrews, then it makes you question how long he is going to be out. And then the next step after that, Judd, is, well, where does that leave the Minnesota Vikings season if Sam Bradford cannot stay in the lineup or can't get back in the lineup anytime soon? I think it leaves them in that awful, awful place called the middle because their defense isn't bad enough. I mean, they can't go in that locker room now and say, you know what, boys, let's keep this quiet, but we're going to tank and we're going to go get, you know, Darnold or, or Rosen. They're not that bad. I mean, this defense is too good. So I think right now, Unfortunately for them, they're in that awful place that was the exact reason why they made the Bradford trade last year, which is, I don't, 
I don't think they're going to win three games. I think they're going to win, let's say, seven seven mm-hmm. games or something like that. But if, if Bradford's done for the season, the defense will win them some games. The offense won't be good, but I don't think it'll be putrid enough to compete with teams like the Jets or Browns for being bad. So to me, they're right back in that terrible, terrible place of you're not going to get a draft pick that's going to make a huge difference probably, but you're also certainly not competitive uh, in the playoffs if you make them, which I doubt. And so it's this nebulous zone that, that we've talked about before when it comes to the wild, which is you're okay, but when you're okay, you're nowhere. So I ran some numbers on Case Keenum to give us an idea of how often he gives his teams a chance to win. I used QBR, and I looked at his last 18 starts. So basically, this start against Pittsburgh, and uh, last year, the year before. And then he had two starts the previous season. So I took basically a full season's worth of starts and looked at Case Keenum. And Mm -hmm. for the number of starts where he played so well that you would win like 90% of the time or more, he only had two of those. But he also only had two really catastrophic starts. Almost all of them were in the middle. He won, QBR does 1 to 100. So between 26 and 50 QBR, which would be like your below average game, he won won six and lost three of those games while playing for St. Louis and Houston, two teams that have really good defenses. And in those games, Judd, the defenses allowed 15.3 points on average. So basically, wow. if the defenses were great and he was what he usually is, which is below average, they had a chance to win. But that would require the Minnesota Vikings defense to be great week after week after week, and they've yep. got some tough teams coming up. So you could see this team ending up, like you've said, sitting somewhere between 7-9, and 8-8, nine, eight which is kind of, I mean, we were putting this team in that sort of category anyway with Sam Bradford, but maybe a little higher. I initially thought 10 and 6. And then, mm-hmm. if, you, and then if you see him play really well the opening night, you think, oh, maybe this offense can have some explosion to it and they could be a legitimate contender. But now with Keenum, you basically have to have everything go your way and everyone stay healthy t- too the rest of the season in order yep. to have any chance at the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's just... and. I think the reason I feel the way I do, Collar, is because this team has been so, for lack of a, a better term, cursed a quarterback. And, and look, I don't think they're going to be terrible, but it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing when you consider the steps, right and wrong, good and bad, that this team is, has made, right, in an attempt to solve this situation and to find a to find a guy who can man the position that is the most important position arguably in all of sports and how on earth it always seems to blow up in their faces and i just don't get it it's it's remarkable i get it okay with ponder you draft a ponder that's a mistake it's a terrible pick right but right now you have two guys in your franchise not on your roster but you have two guys in your franchise who are arguably both starting caliber quarterbacks and both have had left knee problems and it seems like every time the Vikings try to take the right step to solve this problem, something goes wrong. And now, for this year and the future, you are legitimately saying to yourself, is the Vikings viable opening day 2018 quarterback even on the roster? And you don't know. I mean, you could say it's Bridgewater, but I could come back and say, 
It's going to take him a while to be cleared. His knee blew up, and you still don't know if it's if it's realistic to to get him, him back. It might be. It might not be. Bradford, I would imagine now, is probably gone because you're certainly not going to sign a guy with a suspect left knee that's had multiple ACL surgeries to a multi-year contract. Case Keenum is, at the very best, a guy who's going to hold a place. So I just, I absolutely marvel at how things seem to go wrong, no matter what the Vikings do at that position. The Bridgewater part of this is pretty interesting because, uh, as we mentioned before, it was no coincidence, I'm sure, that a report came out on Bridgewater the same day that Sam Bradford had to miss his first game with a knee issue. And now I'm just having a really tough time, Judd, adding it up in my head how Bridgewater could get back to save the season. However, could he get back to find (laughs) out whether he plays? Now, I mean, imagine a scenario, Judd, where... Cap, uh, sorry, we'll get to Kaepernick in a minute. I almost said Kaepernick. Uh, Case Keenum plays. Let's... There's a can of worms collar. Yeah. There is a can yeah. of worms. Well, I dipped my toe in that by talking to his former did. teammate, uh, Tremaine Brock. But we'll get to okay. that in a second. Yep. Uh, with So with Keenum, let's just say it doesn't go that well. And they're looking at, like, I don't know, something like four and five, four and six, where it doesn't really look like they're going to be able to come back and make the playoffs. And Bridgewater is ready to go. And let's say Sam Bradford is also healed by then. I think you have to give the ball to Teddy Bridgewater to play him over the last few games to find out whether he can actually come back and play and and what that's going to look like. Um, I yeah, I yeah. Here's my question: because of the nature of of what happened to Teddy, I guess my question is this: what's the realistic timetable? Because with Bradford, I could see a case for, you know what, what the hell, let's play him. And if he plays fine, that's great. And to be honest, if he gets hurt, okay, he gets hurt. But with Teddy, it comes down to me to be a big responsibility thing, right? Because the man's leg blew up, and and we've been told by very credible people with the team that they came very close to amputation. So if I'm a doctor, and I get Sam Bradford on my table, and he sits there and says, what do you think? And I hit the knee with, with, with the little reflexive knee deal a couple <laughs> times, and his knee pops up. I'm like, you know what? Just go ahead and play him. I mean, it's an ACL problem. If he tears it again, it's not catastrophic. He's probably done playing, but it's not catastrophic. But I guess my question, and I don't, it, it's something as much as, as we all like to play doctor, it's something that none of us know is like, is his steps to be cleared pretty simple at this point? Or, do, or does a very responsible doctor still come back to the Vikings and say, guys, we got to consider this long and hard because we still don't know why his knee blew up. And second of all, God forbid something like that comes close to ha- happening again on a hit. We're not talking about a torn ACL. We're talking about destruction of his knee and his leg at some point in time when it originally happened was almost amputated. So... I see what you're saying, and on the surface I agree, but I think clearing Bradford to come back off a tweak, for instance, or a, or an arthroscopic procedure is a lot easier in my mind than simply clearing Teddy. Yeah, uh, yeah I have no idea. I mean, I, I just I, don't I have, know. Yeah, I have no idea what the next steps would be for him to actually get cleared. And any time we've asked that, it's been come back, it's come back from the answer from Mike Zimmer as, well, he just needs to be able to protect himself on the football field. Like, well, okay, well, what does that mean? But as as far as a timeline, even if he came off the pup list week seven, 
that would allow him to practice, but getting back into a game, I mean, he would have to prove in practice that he could move at game speed, which you can't really simulate exactly, and then he would have to figure out uh, the offense to be able to run it in an actual game. I mean, I think you're looking at least two, three weeks, maybe four after that before he could actually give it a spin. But that's where I could see the scenario, you know, week 10 or 11, maybe you come off, I forget when their bye week is, but it's a little later in the season. So they come off the bye week or something like that. You hand the keys over to Teddy and you see if he can continue to play. And then, you know, I, I think that's all you can do. If doctors are saying that he's ready to go, then you have to go back to him to, to see if he can be your franchise guy again, because you know, when they ended 2015, this team, I think, was one of the more secure teams in the league with their starting quarterback. They felt like this is our guy. His trajectory yep. is up. As soon as we kind of move the offense away from Adrian Peterson, he'll be even better and on and on and on. Right. And uh, I think they'd love to pick up where they left off, especially considering that um, Mike Zimmer loves Teddy Bridgewater you know, looks at him basically like his son said he never wanted to have another quarterback in his whole career other than Teddy Bridgewater. And I, I think that, you know, the org- the entire organization would want that outcome considering his age and his salary for next year, by the way. But they could even work out some sort of contract for him if he if he played six games or something like that and survived and looked good, then they could start thinking about a long-term contract for him. That, to me, right now... Might be the best case scenario. I don't know how, unless Sam Bradford comes back after this Bucks game, I, if he's out for six weeks, I don't know how you save the season other than Judd, Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Yeah, so all right, all right. So you, so you throw out, you throw out his name. You're going to be shocked by this. My radio partner threw out the name Tony Romo. Um, which I think has zero chance. He, he hasn't played in how long now? He, I mean, he played in part of a. I think he got into a game late last year, but he's he's done basically. So Colin Kaepernick. Okay, okay. So let's let's start, let's not even start with the controversy. Let's not even get the folks going yet on the controversial stuff. Here's my question. Realistically, who could you bring in if you're going to even consider Ka- uh, Kaepernick, or, Kaepernick or someone from the outside? Who could you bring in? who could run this offense and learn it that quickly. Could Colin Kaepernick or anybody else who hasn't run this offense before have a realistic shot of coming in and being successful in very quick fashion? I, I mean, well, they did win the first five games of last season with, well, four after Sam Bradford came in and only had 10 days to get going. So that Yeah, would... but you... But, but, but just quickly, you know, you know as well as I do that everyone's convinced that they morphed that thing for the first four or five games to a Pat Shermer, Norv, you play along. Because I still think Norv got I think Norv got frustrated after the bye week when he said, no, I want my offense back, and they tried it, and it was a mess. So I still think Bradford was running a hybrid Shermer offense that wasn't the whole uh, Pat Shermer offense, but certainly had a lot of it last year, early yeah, well, last year. Well, and I, and I think that, in general, you don't want to throw a quarterback in right away, but mm-hmm. somebody like Tony Romo or Colin Kaepernick, I think Tony Romo is done. I mean, I, and also, by the way, great broadcaster. He just immediately picked it up and is phenomenal at broadcasting. But with just let's just stick with Kaepernick for the, the equation. 
Okay. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league for years and took a team to a Super Bowl. And last year, I mean, I keep seeing people say, anonymous executives say that he can't play. He had much better numbers, a much better rating, much better QBR, much better touchdown interception, and ran for almost 500 yards in 11 starts, which seems to get used against him. But last time I checked, those yards count. Um, I don't understand why people criticize his game as far as being a better NFL quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, or I'm sorry, than Case Keenum. He's clearly better than Case Keenum. So Uh since he's been around and is experienced, and he told Chris Carter just the other day that he would be ready to play. So uh, to me, you know, if you could bring him in in a bye week or something like that, if Bridgewater's not going to come back, if Bradford's going to be out for some time, you could bring him in and he would have a chance to save the season. This is a great situation to step into. You've got a phenomenal defense. You've got a running back who looks like a star. You've got two stud wide receivers, a tight end who's reliable, and an offensive line who had a rough week last week, but a lot of people will against the Steelers. Looks like they're much improved. I feel like this is a similar situation to when Kaepernick was actually good. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because there are there, there's certainly some elements of this that you could convince yourself on. But if you want what I what I think the Vikings are thinking here, I re, I think that they are going to, and I might be wrong here, but I think that they are going to put their eggs in if they if they deem that Bradford is done, which they might. Uh, I think that if they're going to take a chance on something, it's going to be holding their breath and hoping Bridgewater comes back. Don't you? Because the the Kaepernick equation, interesting, but. On so many levels, that's such a non-Vikings play, including going and telling the league, basically, you know what? I know all of you guys won't sign him, and and we've played nice all this time, but darn it, we're going to sign him. I just, I, it would take somewhat if a team's going to sign him now, because it's so clear that the collusion is widespread, right, Collar? If a team's going to sign him now, it would take a level of a bad boy team, a Raiders type of move. Um, a team that says we don't care, and I'm hard pressed to believe the Vikings have that in them because they just don't seem to. Because all that being said, I guess the question does come back to what you're talking about, which is why not take the chance? I mean, he's just sitting out there. He, if if he's now if he comes back to you and says I want to be paid X Y Z and I think I'm this and that, then then you, you could certainly leak that that out to ESPN or someone and make it clear that you tried. Um, but this just, to me, goes so against the Vikings type of moves. And, and I think when the Bradford news comes out last Sunday, uh, or it comes out, basically it trickles out, and then it comes out last Sunday, and immediately it's very, very clear to me that the Vikings leaked the Bridgewater story to their league-owned website and network. At that point in time, the play is really clear, and I think that play is the Vikings are through either what they know or what they hope, going to hold their breath that at some point here after week six, Bridgewater comes back. And that might be a huge mistake. And as I said, I don't know what the clearance protocol is here because you are talking about a guy who suffered a leg injury that was off the charts awful. But I think if they're going to make a bold play in their mind, that's their bold play. Yeah, if I'm putting down a bet, I am not gambling on them bringing in Colin Kaepernick. I think if there was there there is one argument for it. 
For mm-hmm. not, I mean, there's many arguments for them doing it by us. Like, hey, he's good, and you kind of are hosting the Super Bowl and want to win with this defense, right? So why right. don't you just ignore the outside noise and just try to get a better player? And by the way, you brought back Adrian Peterson. So who are you to say that there are distractions or anything else? Which, by the way, I talked to Tremaine Brock today, who played with the 49ers last year, and he said that at first... Guys had questions about what Kaepernick was doing in the locker room, but then after they talked about it as a team, it wasn't a distraction outside of what the media was saying for the rest of the year. He said it wasn't a distraction, that inside the team it wasn't a problem, though everyone from the outside was saying it was a problem. So this is a teammate of Kaepernick's saying, sorry guys, all that stuff about distractions is total not true. Okay, so let's have that out there. But this is a team that has handled distractions constantly. Last year, their their offensive coordinator resigns midseason. Their their head coach is having eye surgery. Their their quarterback is down for the year. Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, is telling DJ Ski that he's coming back. I mean, this is a team that has handled these things and has strong leadership and all you know all those things i mean they've got veteran players they've got defensive talent they've got but but here's the one scenario where i could see it actually happening because i agree with you the vikings don't seem like a team that would just go completely flying in the face of the rest of the owners unless mike zimmer convinced them to do it because i don't think mike zimmer cares about any of what colin kaepernick has done like he probably doesn't even really know because he's so focused on the a gap blitz football yeah Yeah. i I legitimately would not be surprised at all if you said to mike zimmer so what do you know why colin kaepernick is protesting and he said i i don't know i mean you know what but 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 but, but here's my thought though judd mike zimmer is so terrified if you read the mmqb piece he is so terrified of getting fired and he's mentioned this before a bunch of times about getting fired he is so afraid of getting fired that yep. it's possible he could look at this and say, I'm sorry, guys, I know there's some other politics here at play for why you're not bringing this guy in, but he can play and we need to win, and that's it. Because from what we saw from Case Keenum last week and what his history says, you don't have a great chance, especially with a tough schedule, you do not have a great chance at making the playoffs with Case Keenum as your quarterback, and I think Zimmer is desperate to get back there. Well, he is, but but the point is, there's been a lot of coaches so far. I, I think who have probably been absolutely desperate for a quarterback, which is the most position, the most important position in sports, and none of them have been allowed to touch this guy. I think this goes above and beyond Mike. I really do. I think this goes. I think there's certain things. I think coaches have a lot of say and a lot of pull and a lot of situations they can say, "Let's cut the BS. We have to do this." And I think there are certain situations where the league comes down and says, "You ain't doing it." And so I would be. If that's what Mike is trying to do, I'd be very surprised if Mike got got his way. Uh, and plus, I think Mike, because he likes Teddy, I think they're probably going with this whole thing of trying to hold out hope that Teddy can come back. And, you know, by the way, it should be added to the conversation that if from the very top of the league they're saying to the Minnesota Vikings, you can't sign Colin Kaepernick, that's collusion and that's against the law. Because I hear all oh, the time. totally. I hear but all the time. going on here. All the time. I agree, but something's going on. I mean, this is too this is too bizarre at this point for a position that's this important. Yeah. And there's so many bad quarterbacks out there. there there's something very bizarre going on where this is the one guy that no one will touch. I mean, I agree with you. It's illegal. It's not right. 
it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, and it's very, very hard to prove. But I hear all the time when people say, well, the, you know, these owners, they own a business. They could do what they want. Like, uh, yeah, no, there are lots of laws of things that owners yeah. of businesses cannot do. And collude is one of them. I agree. I'm with you. And uh, wasn't it the, the, the baseball owners got caught with uh, collusion uh, quite some time ago, right? Uh, yep. So, I mean, yep. it wouldn't be the in first the, time in pro sports no, it's where it's happened. happened. No, it's happened before. But I'm just saying this whole thing is too bizarre. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I, I agree that I don't see it happening, but if anybody wields enough power in an organization, yep. I think it's Mike Zimmer. He might be one of the more powerful head coaches in, in the entire league when it comes yep. to making decisions like this. So I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen, but another thing, uh, just, well, let's just move on from that. Uh, All right. Because it, I, it, I, I could kind of go on about the Kaepernick situation for a while because it's both really interesting and also sort of, shocking and frustrating considering that like other players are doing the same thing now and no one's saying anything about it. Like Michael Bennett right. got a sack the other day, he put his fist up in the air. There were, there are guys every week who are kneeling for the Anthem and their teams and their fan bases aren't running riots outside and, and fighting with each other in the stands. But for some reason, Kaepernick is held to a different standard and I'm right. not sure that I quite understand that, but that's, Kind of beside the point. Real quick, before we wrap up our emergency episode here, Judd. Yes, sir. Against the Bucks. now what chance do you give the Minnesota Vikings against the Bucks, knowing that it's Case Keenum? Well, I give them a chance, but, I mean, it, it's not as good. So it's going either I, – I believe they went from three-point favorites with Bradford maybe starting a quarterback to two-point underdogs, and I'd say that's about right. I mean, they're going to win some games, but, it, like, you know, it's going to be week to week now. Um uh, Keenum's probably had the whole week to practice with the first team, which is going to help him out. So I give them a chance. But if you ask me who I'm picking, I'm picking Tampa Bay. It's very it's very difficult at this point for me to pick the Vikings. Yeah, and I think that Tampa Bay might be good. I mean, they're yeah. going to be without Quan Alexander, and Gerald McCoy is questionable, which, uh, you know, if McCoy is in the game and at 100%, he's going to dominate up front. But if he's not in the game or at 100%, that gives the Vikings a big advantage, especially when it comes to running with Delvin Cook. So maybe injuries give the Vikings uh, a bit of a hand. And the same thing goes for Brent Grimes, who was dinged up. He was likely to track, um, sure. you know, uh, Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen. So, you know, maybe injuries give the Vikings a better chance. And I also, I'm not buying into Tampa Bay's defense as being a juggernaut. I mean, I think that the Steelers' defense is legit, but I'm not really buying in 100% to Tampa Bay yet. So there is there is that shot, and Winston turns the ball over sometimes. So home field advantage there. I I feel like the Vegas line is right that it's it, it kind of leans over to uh, Tampa Bay now as the favorite, but not by a mile, right? Right. No, I agree. I agree. But yeah, I mean, if if you're asking me which way I'm going now, I'm going Tampa Bay. It's just it's tough to it's going to be a it's now truly a week to week league Matthew Collins. Oh, yes, when it, it comes is. To the Minnesota Vikings a week to week league, and as Courtney said on Wednesday, aren't we all? Well, this is paraphrasing. Aren't we all week to week, Judd? That's we're all day to day, actually. Well, that's what she said. Part. But since we were going right. week to week, all right. Should we wrap this thing up? No, no. I want to talk a lot more about our feelings. All right. Okay? I got a. I got to run. I I got a very important call coming in. All right. 
Goodbye. Sorry, Thank you Colin. all for listening to our emergency Bye. episode of the Purple Podcast. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.